0: Hello and welcome to Plant-Powered Buddhist Podcast, where we are learning to turn our eating habits into a spiritual practice. I'm Sensei, I want to welcome you from wherever you're listening in the world. I also want to say a heartfelt thank you to all of my followers, my supporters, my clients and my students. Without your support, I simply couldn't do what I do. I'm excited about today's episode, so with no further ado, let us begin. So, today I take up a rather controversial topic amongst practicing Buddhists, and probably of general interest to non Buddhists, and that is whether Buddhists should eat meat. Or, put another way, is it permissible for Buddhists to eat meat? I want to state very clearly that the response that I'm going to give to this question, because I've been asked a number of times, and so I just want to kind of take the opportunity to publicly state what my position is on this, and then here forward, if anyone has any curiosity, they can always go to this episode and say, this is what Sensei thinks about this. But again, I want to be clear that I'm talking about people who are practicing Buddhists. And for the purpose of practicing Buddhists, I'm going to limit that to those who have actually made a declaration of faith that is taking the triple Gem. I'm not going to go into what that is, but just so you know, I'm talking about people who have actually made a declaration of faith in the tradition as Buddhist and following the Buddha and the teachings of the Buddha. So there are many positions that people take on this, uh, many Buddhists, and I can tell you categorically that you'll find some Buddhists who certainly eat meat and others who do not. And each person has their reasons for doing so or not doing so. What I want to share and what I want to say specifically about this is that if you look at the life of the Buddha, there are certain aspects that those individuals, whether they be uh, monastics or lay practitioners like myself, regardless of their status within the tradition, Many of the Buddhists will point to certain things that the Buddha did in his life. Say, for example, they'll say, well, he ate meat at some point. And uh, also there are some rules and some regulations, which you can look on the internet and search all that. I don't want to go into that here. But basically, where the Buddha had stated there were certain types of meats, for sure, under no circumstances, that uh, the monastics should not eat. And others that should be excluded from being eaten are those animals that were killed specifically for that particular person. And I think it's on this latter point where those who support, uh, those Buddhists who support eating meat and that do eat meat really rely on this this second um the second portion of this. And it's interesting to me because it's kind of taking a situation and applying the Dharma, that is the teachings, in its lowest capacity, right? Something that is, especially for many Westerners, a habit, culturally, traditionally, Uh, to eat meat, and it's not necessarily exclusive to Westerners, but you will hear Westerners particularly rely on this, uh, well, you know, I can eat this, for example, at the grocery store. I can buy meat because that meat wasn't killed for me particularly, which I think is absolute nonsense. If you go into any store to buy any product, meat or otherwise, that product is there for you, meaning the consumer. But what happens is that many Buddhists begin to engage in this very, like I said, low-level kind of application, if you will, of the tradition so that they can justify continuing to uh, eat meat. And so, if I walk into a supermarket and there's, I walk into the meat section, I can legitimately say, hey, you know, XYZ supermarket didn't kill this for me. And then I can buy it and go home and engage in eating meat. I think that's absolute nonsense to the core. It is taking something completely. ...out of the spirit of the tradition and adhering to only to the letter of the tradition. And I feel very strongly, at least as strongly as those who feel the opposite, that if the Buddha were in our present uh, presence physically and living in our times and seeing what is involved... From the treatment of animals to the impact on culture to its connection to world hunger and all the laundry list of things that are involved in terms of harm with a capital H that are involved with eating meat, producing meat, etc. And I prefer to say animals rather than meat because this is really part of uh, the problem for many Buddhists is that they've fallen into this uh, use of language that is used amongst non-Buddhists to kind of just disassociate from the sentience of these animals. And so just referring to anything that you eat that is sentient um, as meat, uh, again, kind of just makes it fit nice and neatly into this um, application of the Dharma to eat meat. So I will say that my view on that is, as I said, I believe it's nonsense to say that, well, this wasn't killed for me, therefore it's permissible. Of course it was killed for you. And the fact that you keep going to buy it, that you go into a supermarket, and again, I'm talking about Buddhists specifically, not non-Buddhists, not people who are Buddhist enthusiasts or interested in Buddhist philosophy, that's a different story. I'm talking about those who are followers of the Buddha and who have taken the Triple Gym. That if you are going into stores, buying meat, buying animals to eat, and justifying it based upon the tradition of the Buddha and the standards that he had set for the monastics, and choosing to rely on the, the lowest application of that, uh, those regulations, that it's not honoring the tradition of the Buddha. And really, if you are honest with yourself, you know that you are just creating a scapegoat, a backdoor to do something that otherwise does not fit within the understanding of the tradition. And I'm not alone in this, this thought. And I could name some, you know, very well-known uh, monks and uh, Buddhist uh, leaders who also hold this opinion. And there might be just as many who hold the opposite opinion that also support eating meat. But again, I'm talking about those individuals who are practitioners, who are followers of the Buddha, who have the means also to choose otherwise, to choose something less harmful, less damaging. Because the second kind of non-tradition, that is not something that came down from the Buddha, that many Buddhists rely on to continue to participate in the harm caused by consuming and producing uh, animal products for consumption, is that, well, they begin to speak about people who are not in their situation, meaning they'll talk about, well, you know, in Tibet, uh, people uh, have this situation going on, or maybe people who are uh, live in indigenous cultures and don't have access to this, that, and the other. Again, do you see the, the kind of uh, double talk here? And it is a double talk because you're talking about circumstances that are not your own and then trying to use those circumstances, uh, circumstances which are not your own, to justify your own behavior. So the question is not whether X, ex- person who's living in a situation where there is very little vegetation or not much at all and needs to survive versus you <laughs> The practitioner who has a choice every time you walk into a store To go this way or that way So I want to also call that out as something that personally I find um To be a nonsensical kind of position to justify doing something that is not within the spirit of the tradition. And here I'm talking specifically about trying to do as less harm as possible. And I don't think that there's any leg to stand on for any practicing Buddhist to say that they are doing less harm by consuming animal products. And I mean dairy or animals themselves. But they don't have a leg to stand on to say they're doing less harm by consuming these things. I think it's quite clear that it is culture, it is tradition, it is habit, and quite frankly, lack of discipline and will. that someone can you know go give a discourse or write a book or whatever have some expression about you know how wonderful the buddha is and then go you know consume animal products or animals so i think it should be clear by now what my position is is that even given the tradition And given the uh, historical kind of guidelines for monastics, that no practicing Buddhist ought to be eating meat, ought to be eating animals, ought to be eating animal products. And so I'm sure there will be some Uh, Buddhists who will disagree with what I'm saying, and they'll point out that, hey, so-and-so, Lama so-and-so, and and this person and that person, they consume animals. And they're they're more renowned than you are, Sensei. (laughs) They know more than you do, right? So, you know, I was a speech and debate competitor from the time I was in sixth grade all the way through my senior year in college. And we learned about many types of uh, fallacies in terms of argumentation and rhetoric. And here is the appeal to authority, right? This is saying, well, I am justified in doing this because so-and-so who has such and such rank uh, does it also. And surely he or she can't be wrong. Where is the personal connection with the tradition in such positions? Where is the the discipline? Where is the sacrifice? Where is the devotion to a way of being in life when you reason in that way? Rather than saying, you know, I struggle with this. I know it's harmful and I'm going to make an attempt to If not 100% eliminate my consumption of animals and animal products to substantially reduce it. And I challenge anyone, any Buddhist of any rank to show or prove that the Buddha just regularly ate meat or ate animals or animal products. And so for those Buddhists who are not monastics and you're not going door to door with a bowl, you don't have the excuse of, well, you know, the Buddha said just, you know, accept whatever people give you because, you know, you would be uh, (laughs) not being grateful, not gracious if you didn't do that. Is that your situation? No, it isn't. It is not your situation. And don't point to someone who is... In that situation that is to a monastic order where it's like that is the way they live because that's not your situation so we must be better if we are a community that is talking about compassion certainly that compassion has to include reason as well has to include some level of logic okay now the third tier Argument that I hear from Buddhists also who support uh, eating animals and animal products and who, in fact, do it themselves is that, you know, I have a medical condition. What what about people who have a medical condition? Again, it's like, do you have a medical condition? (laughs) Um, You know, maybe there is some type of situation out there where one, quote unquote, must eat animals in order to be healthy. I'm not going to debate that. Um, I'm someone, you know, especially being from the Chan tradition, uh, that comes really from the, the, the perspective of discipline and mind mastery. And I'm someone who made every kind of excuse, although as I was making those excuses, I also was relinquishing myself of those delusions and illusions that I was espousing about, ah, it's just so hard to not do this, not to eat that. Um, But as I was saying that, I also was letting it go because I just admitted that that is the correct position. And this was long before I even became a Buddhist, years, years and years and years before I even became a Buddhist. I was like, no, from a perspective of compassion, From the perspective of what's happening with the environment, it is the right thing to do. That is to abstain. I'm just too weak to do it. But I was able to be that honest with myself. I didn't start saying, "Well, so and so, you know, they, they were really well known and da 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 da, and they ate meat or they eat meat." No. My karma is my karma. I'm going to have to answer for that. No scholar. No Buddhist leader, no monk or nun can answer for that. And likewise, it's true for you. And so I wanted to open up about this because I keep getting asked about it. And I wanted to ex- address this in a very specific context that is Buddhist to Buddhist. And I'm sharing it on my podcast because, as I said, there are many individuals who are uh, maybe have some interest in Buddhism or uh, just a curiosity about this topic because you will find uh, no shortage of Buddhists who are consuming animals and animal products, unfortunately. But what I want to dispel for those who are um, practicing Buddhists is not to use these crutches, not to use these um, just flimsy kind of references, often for situations that are not your own, to justify being unconscious, to justify not exemplifying the best of what the Buddha did do. And furthermore, as a kind of an exclamation on this last point, if, in fact, you want to point to that the, the Buddha at times had eaten meat in his life and therefore you can do it. Why don't you point to all of the other things that he did and do those things? Right. So there are many things that he did that showed compassion to other human beings that were phenomenal. And why don't you say, well, the Buddha did, you know, Uh, devotional acts of this, that, and the other, so I'm going to do that. The Buddha meditated this much, (laughs) slept only a few hours a night, spent this much time teaching, dedicated his life to the... Why don't we use that reasoning? Well, if the Buddha did it, you should do it also, right? So we cannot just rely on certain aspects of the Buddha's life to justify... A weakness in ourselves. It's okay to say I'm weak. It's okay to say I lack discipline. That I'm not being compassionate in this moment. But you know what? I'm going to change. And further, I need help with that. Can you help me? Can someone help me? This should be the approach of the Buddhist, the practicing Buddhist. And what an impact it could make. The tradition that is so much founded upon this concept of compassion and nonviolence and ahimsa. If not this community, then who? If not you, then who? Okay. So that was a family discussion made public. Family meaning, you know, brothers and sisters in the Dharma. Um, I love you. I appreciate you. Uh, Even where we disagree. And if you're someone who uh, disagrees with what I've said, It doesn't change anything from my perspective in terms of my respect and reverence for you as a brother or sister in the tradition, in the Dharma. But I do disagree, and I want to be clear about my position. Practicing Buddhists, those who have actually made a declaration of faith, again, I'm not talking about people who are culturally Buddhist, that just happened to be born into a Buddhist family, any of that. But people who are consciously have made the choice to try as best as they could. And that's all we can do is try as best we can to follow the best of what the Buddha has taught. It is to those individuals that I speak today. If you found anything of value in this episode or any previous episode, I ask you to leave a review. And secondly, if you'd like to support my efforts monetarily, there is a link in the description. You can either click on it if it's clickable or cut and paste it into your browser and support my efforts for this podcast for as little as $1 a month. For those of you, Buddhist or non-Buddhist, who are interested in trying to really put some muscle and discipline behind another level, another expression of compassion. It is not the sole expression of compassion, but it is one that can have a huge impact of trying to ease yourself either entirely out of eating animals and animal products, or to scale it back so substantially, so substantially that it has both a wonderful impact on the world, you, and all sentient beings. Please go to plantpoweredbuddhist.com, go to the contact page, and schedule a session with me, and we can begin to get you on the path of trying to really live a life of compassion that is expressed in something that you do every single day, and that is eating food. Until next time, peace and blessings. And that concludes this episode of Plant Powered Buddhist Podcast. I want to thank you again for joining me today. I also want to quickly mention several ways in which you can support my work. One, wherever you're listening to this podcast or this episode right now, if there's the ability to leave a review or a five-star rating, I would definitely appreciate that. Secondly, if you'd like to learn more about my background, my books, the services that I offer, where my social media sites are, or you'd like to invite me to speak publicly, please visit plantpoweredbuddhist.com. You can do all of that there. Third, if you have a family member, a friend or a colleague who you think would benefit from my content, please share this episode or my podcast with that person or those people. Lastly, in this episode that you have just listened to, there is a clickable link. And if it's not clickable, you can cut and paste it into your browser. That will take you to a page where you can begin to support my work monetarily on a monthly basis for as little as $1 a month. If you could find it in your heart to do any of those things, I would deeply appreciate it. Until next time, peace and blessings.